Welcome to the Trailer Lines News Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chap, along with my co-host, Tyler. Tyler? Hello. hello we have... Hello. You're on the road, so we gotta just get with it. There's a lot of things to get to, and we have to get to... You know, the... Yeah, so I'll be I'll be hopping on for probably about 25 minutes or so, guys, and then I uh, got some uh, work, some business to attend to at, uh, at noon. It's 11.30 right now when we're filming, so I'll be with you about a half hour, and then we'll let uh, Joe crush it and wrap it up. He's a busy man. We will have a mock draft at the end too. Sweet. So that'll be cool. Anyway, so Tyler, I talk, I was talking to you pre-show about how like I'm convinced that the Detroit Lions are gonna go offensive line at 18 or 48 or 55, but I'm most I think they're most likely to go offensive offensive line uh, at 18. And you brought it up because of the positional rankings of. Uh, where these players are getting paid, um, like we obviously got contracts that are coming up up, up with uh, Jonah Jackson and St. Brown and Penny Sewell. And I just think that Osiris Torrance at 18 is de- a definite possibility right now. Yeah, I mean, I just um, – so, like, you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm hoping not. I mean, I, I want to see us really fill out some other positions just because I feel like we're really good at – building the depth uh, and you can get a lot of really good uh, linemen depth and, and starters, even in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round and undrafted free agents as well. But I mean, I, I, I can see where the argument is of, of we definitely may be possibility and play at that. So, uh, you know, one thing, you know, Brad Holmes likes to do is obviously likes to build, uh, build his trenches. So um, I, I think that Brad Holmes will make a couple sexy picks. Some is that something that really makes sense and something we really like as fans. But I also want to say too that don't be surprised or shocked, you know, if you see us taking alignment in the first three rounds. If you see, you know, first two rounds. If you see us taking, you know, maybe multiple players on the defensive line. I mean, so this guy loves to build his team from the trenches. So, um. You know, we've seen it year by year. I mean, fans, you know, wanted linebackers desperately last year, right? We were looking at like Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd, and you know, we and um, you know, and then when Nicobe Dean started falling, we picked up Josh Pascal, which was kind of out of left field. But looking at his traits, looking at his leadership, looking at his ability, you know, you warmed up to the pick fairly quickly, and and we like what we saw. So just like I said, expect. Brad Holmes is still Brad Holmes. Like, yes, we're enamored with the things that he does and the things he can do, but his men- his philosophy and the way he thinks and the way he's planning on building his team is not going to change or cater because, you know, we want the flashiest pick at this pick or we want this certain guy because he's looking for very specific things. Um, and, and, you know, him and Dan Campbell both have an idea of kind of what they want and who they want. So, you know, don't be shocked if we – you know, if, if we take some surprising picks, but something that will benefit the team for the future, like you said, Joe, Jonah Jackson coming up a contract soon, Taylor Decker making an ass load of money, um, Ragnow, highest paid center in the league, or at least like top five now, yeah. and then Sewell, who's going to be arguably, you know, up for the highest, um, you know, extension for a right tackle, you know, maybe in the NFL, so um, you got to build this thing for sustainability. And right now, being the second highest paid O line in the entire league, you know, 
we're not going to want to, you're not going to want to spend much more because we're already up there close to 60 million. So there's going to be some restructuring and some drafting and some shifting around. So yeah, um, just watch out for that in the draft because there's some uh, good, there's some great offensive line depth and talent in this draft. The reason, the reason I brought it up is because I think that what uh, we've been talking about with uh, Brad Holmes making these moves in the free agency, getting a uh, Mosley, Gardner, Johnson, uh, Sutton, and, and it's really opened up an opportunity for him to go and take some positional value guys. And one of the things that we know about Brad Holmes is he doesn't look at the depth chart. Well, one of the things that he said. Uh, in his one of his later press press conferences was uh, that he doesn't look at the depth. The depth chart is not in the room on draft day, so he doesn't look at the depth chart. He pretty much goes at like best player available, or what could help the team right now and in the future with the way that he picks. And we saw it last year with the pick of Jamison Williams. What a uh, fantastic pick that was to go trade up and get Jamison Williams. We thought I when that happened. I don't know about you, Tyler. Because we weren't doing the podcast at that time, I didn't know what the hell he was trading up for. My worst fear was that he was trading up for Malik Willis. That was my worst fear. A lot of people, man. A lot of people's worst fear is that. And then, you know, like some people were like, I was thinking like, okay, it's got Jordan like, Davis. My, I so I was thinking like it's got to be Kyle Hamilton. Probably like we need a safety. It's another. Guy. You know, we were we were linked to him in the top three. You know, that's got to be the guy. It's got to be him. And then all of a sudden, it's like. Boom! Out of left field, we grab like the electrifying, like this sexy pick of you know a star wide receiver with just straight up stud potential and stud speed. And I was like, "Oh shit! Like I like this." Let's go. I, I didn't. I didn't expect that at draft night. I love that. I didn't expect that, and it's funny because Bob you know, Quinn would never, bro. Never. No, you know, Bob Quinn would have traded our. He would have traded like our next three first round picks for like a the twenty second pick. I when they traded for Jameson Williams, that was unreal. Like I was like, okay, I know he's not gonna play much next year, but the year after, you're gonna probably gonna have like three first round picks ready to play, include you know, including Jameson Williams because he didn't really play this. No, it was such a future like future move, and I no, I loved it. I mean, I think that like regardless of anybody want to says, especially you're like you know you're Garrett Wilson and Olave, like you're Ohio State stands like. Oh yeah, like they're like you know they're the best receivers in the draft. This and that, like, dude, you got if Jamison Williams did not get hurt in that national championship, there is no way in hell he was not wide receiver one in this draft. No, if he didn't get like, hurt, if if he, if he didn't get hurt, he was the first wide receiver taken off the board. I mean, exactly, and and he could. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him. And kudos, and kudos as high as seven, eight. You know, and kudos to Brad Holmes for doing that due due, due diligence and. Saying screw it, I can take a future, uh, you know, guy who you know I know he's not going to play much this year. He's rehabbing off a knee injury, and I'm going to go get him. I mean, that just shows you what Brad Holmes looks at. Like, if he feels, well, I love that. Like, if, yeah, look at well, you know, if he feels there's a guy that he needs to go up and get, he's going to go get him. And I like that a lot because it shows he's not going to be pigeonholed to you know staying where he's at and and you know saying oh, okay, well we'll take a George Pickens or. Not to say George Pickens isn't a good player, but Jamison Williams' ceiling is so much higher than everybody else because of his speed and his electrifying, like you know, acceleration and open field. It's just well, look a- at the, you know, look at what they did. Like the, the, so like the thing that I like about that, right, is that they saw look, they saw Garrett Wilson leave, they saw Lave leave. Next thing you know, like, and, and this isn't a good way. Brad Holmes said, "Oh shit," and it was urgent, and he's like. 
I had a feeling, you know, they had JMO targeted and they wanted him, but they didn't exactly know. Like, at some point, you know, you don't know if, if he was waiting to see how far some of these guys fell or if he was like, hey, like, you know, this is a guy I really want. Receivers are flying off the board. Like, shit, screw it. Let's go get him. You know, you got you to gotta think of how much it was like, how much was just way the board was playing and how much he was just like, you know, was um, was planned out or how much was just kind of instinctual and just like him thinking on the fly, you know, like. So that's what smart GMs you know, do, though, you know. Yeah, it was cool to say, hey, oh, shit, you know, look, Olave, Wilson, um, Olave and Wilson are gone. Um, and like they're going like there was like two or three receivers like back to back to back. And he's like, you know, hey. This is a guy I want. Obviously, receivers are flying off the board right now, and it's a premium, you know, it's a premium offensive um, position, especially in today's pass happy league. Like, I'm pulling the trigger. Let's go do it. And the fact that he did it with the freaking division rival and gave them so little value, he gave them the 32nd and the 34th pick. He basically traded. I mean, he traded Lewis Seen, and I don't even know who the hell the other guy was that was picked at that time. I, um, I don't think he played, to be honest. So he, he he drafted like two like depth future role players for like your potential superstar wide receiver one like awesome dude just just I love great, that just a great trade and and speaking of trades Dare, uh, Dave Burkett of the Free Press which we're gonna have him on the podcast pretty soon but uh, he did these four trade scenarios and I'm gonna we're gonna delve down on them and we're I'm gonna see what you like Tyler. Um, the scenario number one is Vegas. Um, the Lions move down to one spot from six to seven in the first round and get the Raiders' fourth-round choice, number number uh, 109 overall, and a fourth-round pick in 2024. At seven, the Lions take Tyree Wilson. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two, A-Town two-step, which is Atlanta. Uh, Lions move down two spots from number eight, number six to number eight and get Atlanta's third-rounder at number 75 overall. Sixth round pick in 2024. At number eight, the Lions select Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Scenario, yeah, I mean, there's scenario number three and there's scenario number four that you have to take into account too. So I'm going to see which okay, one you okay. like the most. The scenario number three is the Lions move down five spots from number six to 11 to get Tennessee's third round choice in at number 72 overall and a second rounder in 2024. At number eleven, the Lions take Texas running back Bijan Robinson. And then at scenario number four, the Lions move down ten spots to number sixteen to get Washington's second round choice at forty-seven, which they would have back-to-back picks at that point. They would get a fourth rounder at number one eighteen overall, a second rounder in twenty twenty-four, and give up a sixth round choice one ninety-four, and they would take Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Which which scenario are you going with? Because I'm I kind of I'm leaning at one scenario in particular. I mean, it's tough. I like the I think I like the first two. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of like I if I'm hearing a lot about Tyree Wilson being a guy that we could take at six. So if you get your guy at seven instead of six and you pick up draft compensation, that is also great. Yeah. Um. Also, depending how the board shakes up, I mean, Vegas, like, there's going to be three or four quarterbacks taken in the top six, it, most likely. Um. And the Raiders already said they're out on Jalen Carter, so you know we might get a position where if we were already thinking, hey, Jalen Carter might fall to us at six, 
Well, if we trade, trade with the Raiders, they don't want him, or so they say. Um, you know, could all be, you know, smoke screens are, you know, full in the draft, but I think they're pretty, I think they're pretty adamant about that, just given their, their recent first round pick history of people going to, going to jail and shit. It's important to mention in this draft, though, uh, Jalen Carter, he went fifth overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, yeah. So, yeah. I, that's that's something that we have to look into account too. But yeah, like you said, if you could drop one spot and get draft compensation and still get a guy like Tyree Wilson, and get your guy, yeah, and get your guy. Like that's, that's cool with me. Well, think about it. Like at that point, if Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and all the top three or four quarterbacks are gone, like who are you going to go with anyways? Like I like the I like the idea of either seven or eight dro- dropping a couple spots just because of the fact that like. You're gonna get your guy. You're gonna get the same guy, probably or pretty close to at seven or eight that you would at six, because you know after the top five, it kind of just it's kind of up in the air, and mm-hmm. a lot of people have different opinions on what players you know are are in that top ten. Um, but I think there's a lot of like nice premium talent in that top ten. I don't like the third and fourth because I don't really like. We're not gonna be in the top ten again for a while. I hope. Yeah. Um. I don't like dropping out of the top 10 just because, you know, there's such a high percentage chance of getting, you know, one of the top guys at the positions. I mean, yes, there's, there's all pro talent that's been drafted all over the first round, second, third, fourth, fifth, undrafted, whatever. Right. It just seems to me like you want to try to keep that premium pick as premium as you can. And I don't like dropping down too far. Um, And I do think that like Bijan at 11 is a bit of a reach. Um, and yeah, Joey Porter Jr. is great at 16, um, but I just think you gotta get one of those elite edge guys or uh, or interior lineman guys at um, in the top 10. So um, you know, I don't wanna if Tyree Wilson is your guy um, or Devin Witherspoon is your guy, and those guys are considered to be you know a premium in their position, I don't necessarily want to miss out and have to figure something else out because we moved down so far. Yeah, so I'm agree. not opposed to trading back, but no, I no, I think I agree with you. The first two I really like more than the bottom two. You know, I do yeah. like the possibility of getting Bijan Robinson. I do. Um, I'm not really, I'm not really happy with the uh, Joey Porter pick. I like Joey Porter a lot, but at 16, I mean, here was who, here was who was on the board. So, if you did trade with the Commanders, this would be this is the team players that would be on the board. You'd have. Uh, uh, Anton Harrison, which is Oklahoma uh, offensive tackle, um, you'd have um, you'd have uh, uh, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Miles Murphy, um, Michael Mayer, uh, Hendon Hooker, Deontay Banks, Emmanuel Forbes, Quentin Johnson, Osiris Torrance, like Kalasia Cansey, Drew, Drew Sanders. Is he still there at that point? Yeah, Drew Sanders is still there too. So you'd have a, you'd have a lot of um, You'd have a lot of opportunities to get better if if they pass on Kalasia Kansi or they passed on uh Quentin Johnson or Osiris Torrance to get a guy like Joey Porter Jr. I'd be a little bit disappointed. But I get what Brad Holmes is trying to do. I just think with the corners that they got in free agency and the kind of structure they have right now where they have Okuda, they have Jerry Jacobs, they can and Will Harris, they really don't have to focus on corner right now. I think corner could be a year by year basis because I, I really do think that you're gonna be in a contention to, you know, do some things. So I think you're always going to be able to get that, those corners and maybe you re-sign uh, Forbes. If he, I mean, uh, not Forbes, uh, mostly if he has a good year, maybe you re-sign Gardner Johnson, do a nice contract. 
You never yeah. know. So it, that'll be interesting. But uh, so in the next segment, Tyler, I got I we got to get to this before you uh, jet off and kiss babies and uh, make business deals. You know, um, we got to get to your three most important needs. I think that's one of the most important things that we're going to get to on the podcast because I think me and you different differ on this. I I think we kind of elect, I I told you one of the needs I think we needed to take take uh but I want to get your opinion on that. So we'll get to that next. Okay. Touchdown Detroit Lions. They did it. All right Tyler, so I was just t- telling you like listen, we have there's needs that everyone has that are differing from each other. I see people that have quarterback needs which I don't I don't understand to be honest. Um I've seen people who have needs of wide receiver uh, tight end. So what are your three biggest needs right now? Yeah. So, um, surprisingly enough. So, okay. So the first one to me is obvious is interior pass rush. Um, either a DT or someone that can bounce around the line, you know, like, like a Tyree Wilson who can play edge. Like a Josh he also can, a Josh yeah, he can also shift in. Like I, I always think versatility is important. I'm yeah. going to say like, one like one a i'm gonna i'm gonna combine this and say one a one b and that's gonna be like i said a defensive tackle or someone that has capability of actually standing the ground at defensive tackle but can move around the line just because versatility is a huge thing in the nfl so if you miss out on the top couple top few d tackles i'd rather you get the best or second best edge guy versus the fifth or sixth best d tackle um so yeah that's my that's my first one um, another position of need to me, um, is actually going to be uh corner. Um, and the reason I say this is we, I know we went out and signed a lot of guys and we got all really good at this position, but like I said, a few pods ago, this is the perfect pres- position for somebody with a ton of potential to come in and learn the right way, be patient. And they say corners don't really get on their feet until about year three. So this gives us perfect opportunity. Um, Sutton's on a three-year deal. Gardner Johnson's on a one-year deal. Mosley's on a one-year deal. Um, this would get would be the prime opportunity for a stud corner to come in and learn the right way and not get thrown to the fire and thrown to the wolves like Jeff did. Yeah. Um, and so that's my second position I need. My third position I need, um, <clears throat> to me, so I'm uh, if I had to choose, I would say let, let's say my my two would be between like a true X receiver. Um, and a, a linebacker. Um, and the reason that I'm like kind of shifting between the two is because neither one are necessarily a super pressing need because like they're more of like a luxury, right? Like having a jump ball 50 50 guy and having like a good linebacker, like you can make do without those things. Yeah. But I think this is a team that would actually like really put them over the top and be the cherry on top. Um, you get one more good linebacker, right? You shore up. And so now you have Rodriguez. Anzalone, and then you insert somebody like Jack Campbell, um, Noah Sewell, Trent Simpson, someone that can like be just one more piece to kind of fly around the middle of the field for you. Um, it's super important. And then obviously, on like I said, on the offensive side, if we were to get an X receiver, um, it's nice to get a guy that can go up and get jump balls, um, you know, get 50 50 balls, can stretch the field. I mean, DJ Shark actually fit this offense really nicely. Um, but I'm not like, crying too much with losing him because I think he only, I mean, he only played in what, maybe like what, what, like nine games last year. 
Yeah, something like that. He wasn't. He wasn't so, really a vote. A, so, like, I mean, we we, we may do without him. him. Yeah, but it would be the nice little cherry on top to get somebody, um, like set you know Cedric Tillman, um, At Perry, um, you know Quentin Johnson, um, you know somebody with height that can catch at the point of attack. Yep. Um, would be like I said, the nice little cherry on top. So. I kind of cheated a little bit and gave you like a little bit more than the three you're asking for. But I think that if you go with any of those options and you fill out some of those things um, with this off season, like you're going to be, you're going to be cooking. Yeah. I think what you said about the, with with the interior pass rush, I think that's huge, but I, I'm going to take a little bit of a a little bit. I'm going to tell mine in the next segment when you're, you're gone, because I wanted to give you your time to talk. But uh, Mozzie Smith, I think, would be great next to um, Ali McNeil because I think Ali McNeil is a better pass rusher than people realize. And I think if he had a guy that was just absolutely like a, a brick house to f and move, I think Ali McNeil would really, would really take the next step because I think with the Lee McNeil, like we look at the pass interior pass rush and we've seen Kaminsky go in there, we've seen all those guys. If Ali McNeil had a guy who was bigger than him. Because Marley Smith is a bigger dude. Like, he's a fucking brick show. If he had a guy that was just bigger than him, that he could he could take the blocks and he, then Lee McNeil's one-on-one with a guard, I think that could really help Lee McNeil. Um, you said cornerback. What's the, what's the earliest? I mean, do you take – would you – just a quick question for you on that, Marley Smith. If you get um, – if you were to get a guy that you really liked at six or say we went in a different position um, – other than DT at six, or we traded down, like, would you be comfortable with like Mozzie, Mozzie Smith if he was sitting there at 18? I mean, if Cansey's on the board, I think you have to go Cansey. But see, that's a tough question because they're different. They're different players, you know? Like, Cansey's right. like a pass rushing guy. That's what he is. And Mozzie Smith is going to eat up blocks and he's going to be a pain in the ass for uh, offensive linemen to move. So you, you know what's funny about the draft is like sometimes you're in a position where like if you take a guy here it's too much of a reach but if you like wait then he'll be gone like sometimes it like kind of sucks picking like I kind of like low key like I'm like wow like picking sixth is like kind of shitty a little bit like it's, it sucks because well here's why you miss out on the top five guys you know? well no yeah it, it, you're, you're picking six so like obviously you might get the sixth best guy and then you're talking about like oh if quarterbacks go in front of you you a guy could slip to you and you're like all these variables are you're you're talking a lot about. of variables and then you know obviously with the 18th pick if you look historically like the 18th pick is like offensive linemen uh tight ends uh running backs, wide receivers, but you needed defensive tackle. And like a guy like Mozzie Smith, like he's not projected to the second round, you know? And like, obviously, like if you like went, let's say like you went six, you went Tyree Wilson and eight, I mean, 18, you went Osiris Torrance. And then 48, you went Siaka Ika or or Mozzie Smith. I think those two, those three draft choices could absolutely just blow up this, uh, uh, the, the way this team operates too. So I I I, I yeah do. no it really it really breaks it open because like I said there's I think they're looking for just a few more like we're finally a team where we're not looking for someone to come save the day we're looking for to to complete us we're like trying to get the last infinity stone you know we're well, trying to get a couple like, more pieces it's like uh it's like when you're 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 a team that's looking to build uh you know you you have enough talent but you 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 want the pieces around you that can potentially make you a better 
uh, team, just complimentary pieces. That's what they talk about all the time. Like, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo for the uh, Bucks. He's a he's a superstar. He just needed complimentary cont- player uh, guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and 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 Brooke Lopez. Uh, I mean, yeah, Lopez or whatever. Like, he just needed those kind of guys to help him out. I think it's the same thing with the Lions defense. Yeah, and I think we're so close that, like you said, the rest of this draft will put the cherry on top and we can really be excited for the future because we're going to have a – every draft the next couple of years is going to be a lot of uh, luxury picks and things that can just make us even better and stronger and replacement picks, right? Yeah. Replace guards, replace tackles, replace guys that are asking for too much money. Like, that's how you know you're a good team when you can say, hey – yeah, I don't know, Taylor Decker, I don't want to pay him $18 million anymore. Let's go ahead and trade him or cut him, and then we're going to draft a guy and develop him, and then we're going to draft a guy to replace this guy. And then you just have – you know, then you're – then it's just the talent's there because you've been drafting so well the last three, four, five years, but now you can pick and choose who you want to stay and who you want to keep long-term and who you want to pay. And if there's guys that are get too expensive, you got the luxury to say, eh, sorry, don't need you. You know, yeah. you're not strang- – you're not, you're, you're not strangled like the Giants by having to pay Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley because – if you don't pay those guys, you have no offense and no identity. We're not going to – I don't see Brad Holmes putting us in a stranglehold like that. No, and that's why – uh, Yeah, I know you got a jet, so uh, – Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to take that uh, that thought and kind of continue with it. I really appreciate you guys, and I will catch you next pod. All right, sounds good. We'll see you next time, Tyler. Um, see you, man. Obviously, uh, we're talking with the Lions, and this is going to be an interesting thing because obviously I'm going to have a little bit of a difference of an opinion from Tyler – uh, in terms of his needs, and we will get to that next on the Detroit Lions News Podcast uh, between the whistles, Detroit Sports. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! So Tyler gave you his um, top three needs. I'm going to give you my. Um, I know people kind of listen and they kind of think, why the hell did this guy say guard, right? Because, like, Early in the podcast, I was talking about Osiris Torrance. That'd be a great pick for the, the Lions at 18 because looking at the future, um, you have a guy like Jonah Jackson who is going to be up for a contract renewal pretty soon. You have a guy like uh, Penai Sewell who is going to get paid like a freaking fiend uh, pretty soon because he is a legitimate, uh, just a bookend right tackle, and he could potentially be your left tackle when Taylor Decker hangs it up too. So – Tyler went with interior pass rush. He went with cornerback. He went with wide receiver slash linebacker, the X wide receiver. And I look at it like this, okay? A little bit different from Tyler because I think that there's a little bit of differences uh, in the way that I feel. So the first one I think is offensive guard. I think obviously you're not going to pay Jonah Jackson. And if you do pay Jonah Jackson, you're going to insert a bunch of mon- money into the uh, – offensive line where you can't put in another position. So it's time to reinvest that into the wheel. Um, I know Brad Holmes is probably thinking about it as he looks at the contract structures and, and looks at the future and, and, and the present. Um, listen, them signing Graham Glasgow, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make it where they have to start him. The contract is not prohibitive. They restructured uh, Hell Vitae. The, the contract is not prohibitive to what they want to do in the draft. I look at the draft and I look at Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. I think he would be an absolute perfect pick at 18. Not because, you know, the Lions need a guard, but
But looking into the future, you know, when you draft, it's not just about the present, because obviously if you draft for the present, you're going to miss the future too. And then next year, you're going to be like, okay, we need a guard. And there might not be any guards available. Obviously, the Lions are going to do their due diligence. They have their boards built out. I think it's two to three years in advance. So they have their boards, you know, semi-conducted, but usually you don't get a clear and concise board until a year of. So I'm pretty sure they look at Osiris Torrance and be like, okay, he's a good guard. There's a lot of good guards in this draft. Um, But Osiris Torrance, I think, you know, Lions were really active at Florida Pro Day. I don't think it was about Anthony Richardson. I would think it was about Osiris Torrance. And I think Osiris Torrance for the Lions would be an absolute – it would just be a, a match made in heaven because you can reinvest into the offensive line. It, it's cost prohibitive because he's coming in on a rookie contract. You're not going to have to pay Jonah Jackson. I know people, you know, losing Jonah Jackson would suck, but then when you'd have a guy like uh, Cyrus Torrance come in and potentially move to the left guard or the right guard, or you, you get a right, you know, you get another guard next year in free agency and, and kind of move that thing along in another cost prohibitive contract that could help the Detroit Lions a lot. So guard is my main focus at number one, because I think the so much is built on the offensive line, you know, and if you, you got to reinvest it it, to, to make it even better. And I think that um, the lions with their offensive line, they could really reinvest it, uh, reinvest uh, in the draft towards getting Osiris Torrance. And I think that would be an absolute steal for them. Because look, I don't want to pay Jonah Jackson. We're gonna to have to pay Penai Sewell. We're gonna to have to pay Amara. So there's gonna be money coming off the books anyway. So it'd be just a good idea just to make things happen and and keep the pieces that you have and keep adding to the offense line and don't let it become um you know a, a area of concern moving forward. You know if you if you have the best guard in the draft available at 18, take them. And I think Brad Holmes is he he'll show he'll do that because he doesn't care about the depth chart. He cares about the best player available. And Osiris Torrance at eighteen would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, the other one I have is is it, it's I know a lot of people like the cornerback position. Um, you know I'm 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 along with you. I think the cornerback position is uh, it's a need for sure. Um, but I look at the, the, the I look at the linebacker position like this. You have a couple linebackers that I'm really intrigued in this draft about. I, I like Drew Sanders. I like Trent Simpson. Um, I like uh, Noah Sewell. I like um, Dorian uh, Williams from Tulane. I like uh, Cam Jones from Indiana, the late round guy. I think there's a lot of areas where you can go. And in linebackers, you don't always have to draft it, draft them in the first round. But I think that the Detroit Lions are going to look at a linebacker this year. It might not be in the first two rounds. It might be in the third or fourth round. And that's okay because Brad Holmes has shown that he can draft pretty good in third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round that where I'm not really concerned about it. I look for, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez and, and Derek Barnes to take the next step. But ultimately, you would love to have another linebacker in there. Um, you know, Alex Anzalone, he's not, he's not young, but – you know, getting a linebacker for depth. You know, maybe you get a young kid, he he, he learns behind Anzalone, and then maybe Anzalone gets hurt, and he opens, he, he comes into the fold. I think that would be really, really good for the Lions. Linebacker is a major concern for me. Um, 
I think I think Anzalone is a little bit under misunderstood with the way that he plays the game. I think that there's a lot of mistakes that he does make, but in the grand scheme of things, I do like Alex Anzalone, um, and I think that he's a good player. But ultimately, when you draft, like I said, in, in with the offensive guard, you don't just draft for now; you draft for the future as well. So, the linebacker, I would look at, and then the third one is is it should be number one. But I believe that you can get a better pat, you can get a better guy, in maybe the second round. Um, it's it's not a glaring need for me. I mean, it's glare, it's a glaring need. But I think that um, if I was building a draft and, and uh, Osiris Torrance is eighteen, and then I got Noah Sewell, uh, f- you know, uh, forty eight. You look at fifty five, and you look at defensive tackle. Obviously, defensive tackle is a is an issue, and I think that Detroit's going to look at it. But in no particular order are these my, you know, draft needs. I look at offensive guard. I look at uh, linebacker, and I look at defensive tackle. And with defensive tackle, like, I'm not really – I don't really – I don't really need a guy who rushes the passer, you know. I don't need a guy who rushes the passer. I think I think Aleem McNeil is good enough to where if he has a good – uh, a guy who eats up blocks, like a guy like Mozzie Smith, I think that could push his pass rushing ability to another level. Um, I like Isaiah Bugs. I do. I think he's a great player. I think he's a good def- uh, he's a good depth piece. But ultimately, you want a guy next to Ilya McNeil who is huge as just a built motherfucker, and can absolutely just wreak havoc on the on 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 the offensive line. And it allows Lee McNeil to get a, you know, maybe he, Lee McNeil gets a single block and he can just beat the guard. Um, I like Ika from Baylor. I like Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Uh, those are two players I think that they're just such roundhouses that they could really eat up a lot of blocks. And I think that would be huge for the Lions because, you know, when you talk about football and you talk about the way that the game goes, um, your defensive line really helps out the linebackers and ultimately it helps out the secondary. So your team is going to be built on the defensive line pretty much. You know, you look at the Detroit, you look at the the way the Lions started to get better defensively last year. Their pass rush got better. They got better against the run on the defensive line. It led to the linebackers and the secondary I think was in the middle pack of passer rating. So I liked where they were heading. And I think that if you could just add a guy like Mozzie Smith into the fold or Sayaka Ika into the fold and allow Lee McNeil to get a single block with a guard, I think Lee McNeil is athletic enough where he could beat that that uh, guy every time. So, again, in no particular order, Tyler had interior pass rush corner and an XY receiver or a linebacker. In no particular order did I have, I had offensive guard, um, made mainly looking at Osiris Torrance. Um, I had linebacker looking at Drew Sanders, uh, Trent Simpson, Jack Campbell, um, Noah Sewell, guys like that, Cam Jones in the later rounds, Dorian Williams from Tulane, and then defensive tackle. I'm not looking for a guy who rushes a passer. It doesn't really behoove me to say a guy rushing a passer is is a main need because I think what you really need is a guy who eats up blocks and that would be Mozzie Smith or Ika and that would be absolutely huge for Lee McNeil because I think Lee McNeil is athletic enough um to 
he's he's when he's doing it by himself, he's not going to get it done. Um, you got to get a guy in there who can help him help eat up blocks and and and, and take the pressure off Lee McNeil because listen, defensive tackle. Every team has one player that they kind of they kind of go up against, and 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 if you have James Houston on the outside, or you let's say the Lions draft Tyree Wilson, they have Tyree Wilson, they have um, Aiden Hutchinson, they have Lee McNeil, and they have Mozzie Smith. I mean, you're really there's really nowhere that you're gonna go where you're gonna be like, okay, well, we're gonna double team this guy because if you double team Tyree and you double team. Um, uh, Aiden, you're gonna leave a, a couple blockers on Lee McNeil and, and Mozzie Smith, and I think that's something that the Detroit Lions can exploit, and it leaves the linebackers open for a chance to make the tackle. So, I, I like what they're doing. I think that you know, if you get a defensive tackle, you could really help this team. Um, and it doesn't have to be a guy like Kalisha Cansey. I mean, I know a lot of people like Kalisha Cansey; he's a good player, but the reality of the situation is. He is a guy who likes to pass rush. He's a smaller guy. I'm looking for more of a bigger guy in the defensive line. Um, and if maybe if Jalen Carter is the guy, uh, maybe you get him. Listen, the Lions could do a lot of things, but I think that the biggest need, in my opinion, is the defensive tackle because I left that one last because I think it's just such a big position because of the investments that they put on the edge with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Houston, Pascal, um, you know, if you can get a guy like Mozzie Smith or Siaka Ika or Jalen Carter, those are guys that, I mean, Jalen Carter is the top of the line. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. Illegal, the legalities you leave alone, I think he's going to be a, a fantastic player. Uh, and if he was paired up with Lee McNeil, that would be a very um, – <laughs> That'd be a, a a nightmare for offensive coordinator. So that's what I look at. Um, listen, there's a couple weeks of the draft. And we asked some people on the Detroit Lions News uh, Facebook page what their biggest needs were. And we're going to get to that next on the Detroit Lions News podcast. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! All right, welcome back to the Detroit Lions News Podcast. I'm your host, Show Chap. Tyler had to leave a little bit early, so I'm, I'm kind of getting you through the rest of the pod. We have a couple more segments to go, including the mock draft, which I'm going to do without Tyler, but I think it's going to be great for me to kind of do a live mock draft uh, in terms of who I'm going to go with and when I'm going to go with them and why I'm going to go with them. Uh, but first, we talked to a lot of people on the Detroit Lions News website. And um, I asked them, what's the Lions' biggest needs? And one person, Eric Smith, he said they need a Super Bowl title. Well, no shit. We do need a Super Bowl title. Uh, and that should be happening with Brad Holmes. I, I fully believe that he's going to be the guy to get them to the promised land. Um, Marvin Walker says D- defensive tackle who can rush a passer on the inside. You know, the only thing I would say to that, Marvin, is like – yeah, you want a guy who could rush the passer on the inside. And like I said in the last uh, segment, um, listen, we would all love to have a guy like Aaron Donald 
or a guy like that. But the reality of the situation is what we really do need is a, a good defensive tackle that eats up blocks. Because I think Aleem McNeil can rush the passer. I think he shown, uh, showed last year that he can rush the passer. Now it's the, it's what they do with the other defensive tackle that will really make the difference. Because if you can get a guy who can um, eat up blocks and, and, and leave Aleem McNeil one-on-one with the guard, I think that could be a really big thing. And I really, really think that's going to help the team. Um, Fred Tillman said a backup quarterback and a field goal kicker. We know, uh, you know, this is it's a lot along the lines of what people think a lot. Um, obviously, you would love to get a backup quarterback. I really do think that. Um, I really think the Detroit Lions are going to go backup quarterback. Um, maybe in the later rounds. But I think that they, I think they'll sign someone after the draft. You hear a lot of these backup quarterbacks. Um, these backup quarterbacks they sign after the draft so that's something that i could look at um a field goal kicker obviously we know that's a that's a huge point of emphasis I, you've been a lions fan you you know that um having a good field goal kicker is absolutely crucial um you'd rather have a guy like matt prater and jason hansen than a guy like nate freeze who uh, bob quinn drafted that was that was ridiculous but um yeah, like I, I would love a guy, maybe like Jake Moody or Ch- Chad Ryland. Those are guys that I think that could be potential uh, superstars at the at the kicking position. Uh, Chad Ryland has a, a, he has a, a humongous leg. Um, you know, I, I was talking to people that were at the Michigan game. They were saying he was warm up from sixty and he was clearing them. Obviously, that's warm ups. But like, listen, dude, when you have a leg like that, um, it's really it's 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 just something that you kind of gravitate towards too and jake moody's one of the things that he does best is uh, when he missed a kick against illinois uh he came back and he made the next kick to to win the game and that's that tells me a lot because listen i think the three biggest head cases in sports are kicker um goalie and pitcher and when things go right they they're they're on ball but when things go wrong that's when you really know what kind of player you have at the, those positions because to be honest it, it, you if you have a kicker who misses a kick and, and and goes in a tank like Brett Maher i mean that that just that totally that totally is just a, not a good situation it's it's kind of the it's the Peter Morazic if you're a Redwings fan you know who he is um he would, he would have games where he would he would make a, a, a 35 saves for a five nothing shout in the next game he's getting uh, 13 shots and he's got he he's getting up five goals already like that those are some of the things that I look at you know obviously kicker is the same thing and your he- your head ki- your head is a major part of those positions so I agree back uh kicker is a huge position for the Detroit Lions uh truck stop smallins what a name what a name says a stud linebacker and you know what a stud linebacker is needed uh i think if you have a stud linebacker you can make a lot of things better uh, you look at fred warner in san francisco you look at uh, uh across the league the good linebackers they're playing really really good um it'll be interesting to see what other people are saying uh chauncey gordon says uh defensive tackle and a stud linebacker again people are the linebackers are just Coming up, we have three straight. The uh, Dewan uh, White, outside linebacker and defensive backup, defensive tackle and backup quarterback. Great, great three. That Jim Metropolis, uh, defensive tackle and inside linebacker. Mo 
Mu Allen says the best available players in a draft. I think that's exactly where Brad Holmes is going to go. Nick Deere says defensive tackle and linebacker. And um, listen, there's a lot of things that this team can. This is a lot, there's a lot of places this team can go. So we're gonna see where they can go about it. But honestly, there's there's needs that I think people are underestimating. I think people are underestimating the guard um, need, uh, the tight end need, and the wide receiver need. Obviously, you got Marvin Jones in free agency, but maybe you go out and make a another draft pick of a wide receiver, and you know you never know. It, it's just the way it goes. And um, I think Brad Holmes is building this thing the right way. So without further ado, we're gonna get to a, our mock draft. Uh, to end the podcast, and that's where we'll, we'll end it. Um, this will be a live mock draft, so I'll be doing it while I'm doing the podcast. So that'll be fun. So that'll be next on the Detroit Lions News podcast. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! So Tyler gave you his um, top three needs. I'm going to give you my. Um, I know people kind of listen, and they kind of think, why the hell did this guy say guard, right? Because, like, early in the podcast, I was talking about Osiris Torrance. That'd be a great pick for the, the Lions at 18 because looking at the future, um, you have a guy like Jonah Jackson who is going to be up for a contract renewal pretty soon. You have a guy like uh, Penai Sewell who is going to get paid like a freaking fiend uh, pretty soon because he is a legitimate uh, just a – bookend right tackle and he could potentially be your left tackle when taylor decker hangs it up too so tyler went with interior pass rush he went with cornerback he went with wide receiver slash linebacker the x wide receiver and i look at it like this okay a little bit different from tyler because i think that there's a little bit of differences uh in the way that i feel so the first one i think is offensive guard I think obviously you're not going to pay Jonah Jackson, and if you do pay Jonah Jackson, you're going to insert a bunch of money into the uh, offensive line where you can't put it in another position. So it's time to reinvest that into the wheel. Um, I know Brad Holmes is probably thinking about it as he looks at the contract structures and and looks at the future and 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 the present. Um, listen, them signing Graham Glasgow. It doesn't really. It doesn't. It it doesn't make it where they have to start him. The contract is not prohibitive. They restructured uh, Hell Vitae. The the contract is not prohibitive to what they want to do in the draft. I look at the draft and I look at Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida. I think he would be an absolute perfect pick at eighteen. Not because you know the Lions need a guard. But looking into the future, you know, when you draft, it's not just about the present because obviously if you draft for the present, you're going to miss the future too. And then next year you're going to be like, okay, we need a guard and there might not be any guards available. Obviously the Lions are going to do their due diligence. They have their boards built out. I think it's two to three years in advance. So they have their boards, you know, semi-conducted, but usually you don't get a clear and concise board until a year of. So I'm pretty sure they look at Osiris Torrance and be like, okay, he's a good guard. There's a lot of good guards in this draft. Um, but Osiris Torrance, I think, you know, the Lions were really active at Florida Pro Day. I don't think it was about Anthony Richardson. I would think it was about Osiris Torrance. And I think Osiris Torrance for the Lions would be an absolute, it would just be a, 
a match made in heaven because you can reinvest into the offensive line. It it's cost prohibitive because he's coming in on a rookie contract. You're not gonna have to pay Jonah Jackson. I know people, you know, losing Jonah Jackson would suck, but then when you'd have a guy like uh, Cyrus Torrance come in and potentially move to the left guard or the right guard, or you you get a right, you know, you get another guard next year in free agency and, and kind of move that thing along in another cost prohibitive contract that could help the Detroit Lions a lot. So guard is my main focus at number one because I think the so much is built on the offensive line, you know, and if you you got to reinvest it, it to to make it even better, and I think that um, the Lions with their offensive line they could really reinvest it uh, reinvest uh, in the draft towards getting Osiris Torrance, and I think that would be an absolute steal for them because look, I don't want to pay Jonah Jackson. We're going to have to pay Penai Sewell. We're going to have to pay Amara. So there's going to be money coming off the books anyway. So it'd be just a good idea just to make things happen and, and keep the pieces that you have and keep adding to the offense line and don't let it become, um, you know, a, a area of concern moving forward. You know, if you, if you have the best guard in the draft available at 18, take them. And I think Brad Holmes is he he'll show he'll do that because he doesn't care about the depth chart. He cares about the best player available. And Osiris Torrance at eighteen would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, the other one I have is is it it's I know a lot of people like the cornerback position. Um, you know I'm 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 along with you. I think the cornerback position is uh, it's a need for sure. Um, but I look at the, the I look at the linebacker position like this. You have a couple linebackers that I'm really intrigued in this draft about. I, I like Drew Sanders. I like Trent Simpson. Um, I like uh, Noah Sewell. I like um, Dorian uh, Williams from Tulane. I like uh, Cam Jones from Indiana, the late round guy. I think there's a lot of areas where you can go. And in linebackers, you don't always have to draft it, draft them in the first round. But I think that the Detroit Lions are going to look at a linebacker this year. It might not be in the first two rounds. It might be in the third or fourth round. And that's okay because Brad Holmes has shown that he can draft pretty good in third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh round that where I'm not really concerned about it. I look for, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez and, and Derek Barnes to take the next step. But ultimately, you would love to have another linebacker in there. Um, you know, Alex Anzalone, he's not, he's not young, but, you know, getting a linebacker for depth, you know, maybe you get a young kid, he, he, he learns behind Anzalone and then maybe Anzalone gets hurt and he opens, he, he comes into the fold. I think that would be really, really good for the Lions. Linebacker is a major concern for me. Um, I think, I think Anzalone is a little bit under misunderstood with the way that he plays the game. I think that there's a lot of mistakes that he does make, but in the grand scheme of things, I do like Alex Anzalone. Um, and I think that he's a good player, but ultimately when you draft, like I said, in, in with the offensive guard, you don't just draft for now, you draft for the future as well. So the linebacker I would look at. And then the third one is, is it should be number one, but I believe that you can get a better pat, you can get a better guy, in maybe the second round. Um, it's it's not a glaring need for me. I mean, it's glare, it's a glaring need, but I think that um, 
if I was building a draft and, and uh, Osiris Torrance is 18 and then I got Noah Sewell, uh, f- you know, uh, 48, you look at 55 and you look at defensive tackle. Obviously, defensive tackle is a is an issue, and I think that Detroit's going to look at it. But in no particular order are these my, you know, draft needs. I look at offensive guard. I look at uh, linebacker, and I look at defensive tackle. And with defensive tackle, like, I'm not really – I don't really – I don't really need a guy who rushes a passer, you know? I don't need a guy who rushes a passer. I think – I think Aleem McNeil is good enough to where if he has a good uh, a guy who beats up blocks, like a guy like Mozzie Smith, I think that could push his pass rushing ability to another level. Um, I like Isaiah Bugs. I do. I think he's a great player. I think he's a good def- uh, he's a good depth piece. But ultimately, you want a guy next to Aleem McNeil who is huge as just a built motherfucker, and. It can absolutely just wreak havoc on the on 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 the offensive line, and it allows Lee McNeil to get a you know maybe he, Lee McNeil gets a single block and he can just beat the guard. Um, I like Ika from Baylor. I like Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Uh, those are two players that I think that they're just such roundhouses that they could really eat up a lot of blocks, and I think that would be huge for the Lions because, you know. When you talk about football and you talk about the way that the game goes, um, your defensive line really helps out the linebackers, and ultimately it helps out the secondary. So your team is going to be built on the defensive line, pretty much. You know, you look at the Detroit, you look at the the way the Lions started to get better defensively last year. Their pass rush got better. They got better against the run on the defensive line. It led to the linebackers, and the secondary, I think, was – in the middle pack of passer rating. So I liked where they were heading. And I think that if you could just add a guy like Mozzie Smith into the fold or Sayaka Ika into the fold and allow Lee McNeil to get a single block with a guard, I think Lee McNeil is athletic enough where he could beat that that uh, guy every time. So, again, in no particular order, Tyler had interior pass rush corner and an XY receiver or a linebacker. In no particular order did I have, I had offensive guard, um, made, mainly looking at Osiris Torrance. Um, I had linebacker looking at Drew Sanders, uh, Trent Simpson, Jack Campbell, um, Noah Sewell, guys like that, Cam Jones in the later rounds, Dorian Williams from Tulane, and then defensive tackle. I'm not looking for a guy who rushes a passer. It doesn't really behoove me to say a guy rushing a passer is is the main need because I think what you really need is a guy who eats up blocks and that would be Mozzie Smith or Ika and that would be absolutely huge for Lee McNeil because I think Lee McNeil is athletic enough um to he's he's when he's doing it by himself he's not going to get it done um you got to get a guy in there who can help him help eat up blocks and, and 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 take the pressure off Lee McNeil because listen defensive tackle every team has one player that they kind of they kind of go up against and 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 if you have James Houston on the outside or you let's say the Lions draft Tyree Wilson they have Tyree Wilson they have um, Aiden Hutchinson they have Lee McNeil and they have Mozzie Smith I mean you're really there's really nowhere that you're gonna go where you're gonna be like okay well we're gonna double team this guy because if you double team Tyree and you double team um, 
uh, Aiden, you're going to leave a couple blockers on Lee McNeil and, and Mozzie Smith, and I think that's something that the Detroit Lions can exploit. And it leaves the linebackers open for a chance to make the tackle. So I, I like what they're doing. I think that you know, if you get a defensive tackle, you could really help this team. Um, and it doesn't have to be a guy like Kalisha Kansi. I mean, I know a lot of people like Kalisha Kansi. He's a good player. But the reality of the situation is he is a guy who likes to pass rush. He's a smaller guy. I'm looking for more of a bigger guy in the defensive line. Um, and if maybe if Jalen Carter is the guy, uh, maybe you get him. Listen, the Lions could do a lot of things, but I think that the biggest need, in my opinion, is the defensive tackle because I left that one last because I think it's just such a big position because of the investments that they put on the edge with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Houston, Pascal. Um, you know, if you can get a guy like Mozzie Smith or Siaka Ika or Jalen Carter, those are guys that, I mean, Jalen Carter is the top of the line. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. Illegal, the legalities you leave alone, I think he's going to be a, a fantastic player. Uh, and if he was paired up with Lee McNeil, that'd be a very, um, <laughs> that'd be a, a a nightmare for offensive coordinator. So that's what I look at. Um, listen, there's a couple weeks of the draft. And we asked some people on the Detroit Lions News uh, Facebook uh, page what their biggest needs were. And we're going to get to that next on the Detroit Lions News Podcast.